0: Welcome to Your Financial Planet podcast with David Valliere and the Synergy Capital Solutions team. This is the show that brings you synergistic financial strategies to help you enjoy the fullness of today and empower your next generation. Join us for this journey to help you synergize your finances.
1: Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Your Financial Planet. I am your host, David Valliere, and uh, we are quickly approaching the end of 2022. So, thought it would be appropriate to bring on our good friend Eric Nahat and talk about what's happened in 2022 and what are we seeing ahead in 2023. So, with that, Eric, welcome to the show.
2: Thanks for having me. It's great to be back.
1: So, this has been a bit of a wild and crazy year. Lots happened. um Maybe just jump right into it. Maybe it'd be helpful just to give a quick recap for our listeners.
2: Yeah, no kidding. A lot has happened. I would say volatility was a theme this year, economically and in markets. We saw surging inflation and, of course, the corresponding interest rate hikes that went along with that. Short-term rates went up, say, 4 to 4.5% this year. So that's a dramatic tightening in terms of interest rates. And market concerns are growing that the Federal Reserve, won't meet its inflation cutting objectives without pushing the U.S. economy into a recession. On top of the inflation, on top of the rate hikes in February, Russia invaded Ukraine, which constrained commodity supplies like oil and gas and disrupted import and export patterns globally. That coupled with Uh, I'd say the structural underinvestment in the energy space over the last number of years pushed up gas prices. We also had China's prolonged zero COVID policy, which led to lower growth there, as well as adding to those supply disruptions. And lastly, we had U.S. midterm elections this past fall. So definitely a lot going on in the economic and the political fronts this year.
1: Yeah, I'm not sure we could have thrown much else in there. So let's talk about the markets with all this happening, all this volatility, as you mentioned the rate hikes, talk to me about how that's affected the markets.
2: I guess not much of anything. I listened there was a positive for market. So we essentially started the year off at highs for both stocks and bonds and went lower from there. It's actually tracking to be the first year ever that both stock and bond markets could be down more than 10%. So typically diversification provides more benefit all right when one of those two asset classes are doing better typically the other one lags but not necessarily this year with sharply higher monetary policy the calls for a recession have risen and it's tough to predict on timing or, or how deep or prolonged it could be so stocks traded down to reflect that uncertainty and a slower growth period the bonds have traded down as a result of those interest rate hikes that i mentioned
1: yeah, it's, it's always interesting, like you said, diversification, generally leaning on the bonds to, to create a cushion when stocks are not in our favor, but with the interest rate hikes, that did not bode well for us. So let's talk about big picture. What are your thoughts here? Fill us in on not just yours, but the broader investment committee thoughts on the big picture.
2: Yeah, and I think that's a good place to go from here because I would say that None of this is particularly concerning nor surprising to us. Obviously, for clients, it's not fun if you open your statement and that your account's down this year. But we expect the global economy and markets to to ebb and flow. You expect good periods of growth. You expect peaks. You also expect bad periods of lower or negative growth and then eventual recovery. And That's driven by the economic cycle and driven by changes to both natural and unnatural uh, supply and demand. So we expect that we go into a negative growth trend from time to time, like we're possibly in. Our long-term planning, our Monte Carlo simulations, and our portfolio discipline all account for that. Not necessarily something out of the ordinary. We expect this to happen at least every five to 10 years. We know things will recover, and that's why ultimately it comes back to the plan
1: yeah coming back as you're talking through that i <laughs> that was my one thought is if you're listening to this and you don't have a financial plan uh, you need to talk to us or talk to somebody that does offer that because times like this that financial plan really pays off
2: Yep, this is when they're important
1: absolutely So let's talk about things changing. What are some of the catalysts or things that we might be looking at to get better, or even possibly worse? What are you looking at out there?
2: Looking at some of those issues that I mentioned earlier, we're watching inflation. We expect inflation to normalize over the course of 2023. We expect perhaps a few more rate hikes from the Federal Reserve, but not nearly the pace that we saw this year. On uh, the political side, a divided government post-election will, will lead to difficulty in passing any major legislation, which may not be a bad thing for markets. And we don't see any near-term end to the Russia-Ukraine conflict. So that's, I'd say, the big questions or, or the politics side. Economically, we're watching the financial health of the consumer, the US consumer is the most important component, global growth. And right now they're still doing okay. Household debt service ratios or, or really debt payments as a percentage of disposable income have come off of record lows. So they're on record best, but they're still in better shape than what they're at before COVID and much, much better than they were in say, the 2008 financial crisis when consumers had far too much debt. After a few years of building up savings, a lot of that due to stimulus payments from the government and not being able to spend any money when things were closed during COVID, consumers are now drawing down on those savings to support their spending. It could lead to either higher debt or lower spending as credit costs have gone up with interest rates. So that's one thing we're watching there. We're also watching the financial health of companies and the types of companies that we typically buy are companies with strong competitive moats, meaning that They're able to pass a lot of their increased input costs through to customers. And then we're watching the health of the banking system, which is still far more structurally sound than it was in, say, 2007 when we entered the financial crisis.
1: So, a lot of our listeners may or may not know this actually, but our investment committee meets every two weeks throughout the year, always watching things like this. But talk to our listeners about maybe some of the conversations we're having. How does this translate? to portfolio construction and talk me let's start with equities let's talk through that first
2: sure so uh, on the equity side as I mentioned equities have sold off to reflect a slower growth environment or a no growth environment and with that a lower earnings that could come with it on portfolios we've maintained uh, I'd say a severe underweight to international because we feel more comfortable about the outlook in the U.S we've also been adjusting the portfolio. So we have a combination of offense and defense. So that's that diversification that we always talk about. And I'd say do that diversification and owning names in in different sectors and different industries. We still have names in the portfolio, much of it in the energy and healthcare sectors that are doing well on the year and up on the year and some of them fairly significantly up on the year. That's been great because it's given us an area to potentially trim for clients that are taking distributions. We still prefer quality profitability, stability, and realized growth in the types of companies that we own. We're not necessarily going out and buying the newest trend. And we've seen how that can backfire in terms of some of these crypto companies that are in the news right now. That is not the type of company that we want. We want a company with a track record and a company that typically makes money and has something that we can project out over time. On a forward-looking basis, I would say things look more attractive than when we entered the year. We're currently trading at around 16 and a half times forward earnings. Which is in line with historical averages and below where it was a year ago. And I'd say the silver lining of this market volatility here is that if you're putting money into your accounts or say taxable or your retirement accounts, every market drops an opportunity for you to buy something that that more than likely will be worth much more uh, in the future when you eventually sell it. And it's, I would say last thing I'd say on the equity side is. It's important to remember that the markets recover before much of the economic data. So we're going to see recovery in markets at the same time as possibly seeing still scary headlines in the news.
1: Yeah, just listening to you there, those last two points that markets are really forward looking in and adding money while the market is down is sometimes counterintuitive. But when you step back from, I'll say, the emotions of investing and you recognize that want to buy low and sell high <laughs> so mm-hmm. when it's when it is low it's an opportunity for you real good points there so same question for you, eric let's talk about fixed income or bonds
2: the biggest thing with bonds this year has been duration or the sensitivity of the price of a bond to a change in interest rates so when interest rates go up bond prices go down that relationship kind of math complex mathematical equation is called duration we've had a much shorter duration or so less exposure to interest rates going up than the broader markets, which has been helpful to portfolios. So for example, around 70% of our bonds have finite maturities of which their duration is under three years. And our full portfolio duration currently is say about 3.25 or three and a quarter years versus say roughly six to six and a half years for benchmarks. And so we've had less exposure to interest rates going up there. And if we leave the funds alone, we know that they'll come due with a yield to maturity and come due over the next number of years. Diversification, as always, we talk about diversification, also very important in bonds. We have around 30%. So that other 30% of our exposure is in market base. So if interest rates do start to go down from here, eventually when we see a recession, we'll have exposure there and we'll have some bonds on the longer end that would outperform in that type of environment. Outside of core bonds, we've looked at, I'd say, alternative income generation instead of just core long duration, which has been additive. One of the the biggest things and say that the fixed income in the cash world that's new this year is cash equivalent. So money market funds yields have risen there pretty dramatically. So for the first time in a long time, that's somewhat creating a competition for bonds and as well as stocks. But overall on, on the fixed income side and portfolios, we were looking at say a one to 2% target income at the beginning of the year of that same portfolio now has a target income of around five and a half percent, significantly more in terms of yields and in terms of income generated now.
1: Okay, so what else have we been doing within the portfolio?
2: One of the biggest things times like this is tax swapping, and something that suggests, of course, our clients we look at for them, but even for their own assets held away, it's really taking advantage of price movements from a tax perspective in taxable accounts by selling a holding that has a loss and swapping it to something that has a similar exposure. So you're maintaining the market exposure, but it allows you to realize the losses on that position. And then say after 30 plus days, if we still like the position we were originally in, we can rotate back into that with a reset cost basis. And we've been doing that, especially for clients that were in distribution mode that had realized gains at the beginning of the year. For clients that are in that distribution mode or taking money out, we raise cash in the beginning of the year right at market peak and we'll continue to do so after good short-term runs in the market. For clients in accumulation mode, right? For clients that are are, are still continuing to put money away on them, whether it be a monthly or quarterly basis, basis we've been phasing in cash as the market's gone down we're going to continually evaluate the portfolio and the holdings we're rebalancing portfolios and holdings we're prudent and appropriate and overall maintaining uh, the discipline to the portfolio uh, which uh, of course is maintaining the discipline to the plan
1: okay so we've covered a lot of ground there and thank you for walking through that with me for the sake of listeners summarize some of these
2: thoughts I would say in summary, we don't know exactly when a market recovery will be and recession risks are higher. But even if we do see a recession, I think the overall economy and the financial system is much healthier than, say, an 08-09 scenario. Up until this point, U.S. consumers have remained in excellent shape. Uh, demand's been strong, consumer leverage has come up from record lows, but it's still better than almost any point in the last 40 year years or so. Unemployment rates are still low at 3.7% and businesses are healthy. So overall, data is weakening, but we had a pretty strong base. And on the longer term, say a three to five year outlook, we think things are still pretty positive. For example, one of my favorite charts of late, and it will be included in the accompanying blog that will come out with our 2023 outlook. It looks at the length of bear markets and potential returns from this point. And a lot of data on the chart, definitely recommend you check it out. But as an example, there's only two bear markets or down markets down more than 20% in history to last three years or longer. But say it did happen from where we're at today, that would still be an annual return for U.S. stocks of of nearly 9.5%. And say it took three years for our current bear market to recover, and eventually we're going to get back to where we're at in January. We don't know when, but even if it took three years, that's an annual return in U.S. stocks about 9.5%. So on a forward-looking basis, I'd say things look much more attractive now than when we entered the year.
1: Got it. So be patient. Any other final thoughts for our listeners?
2: Patience, a perfect word there. You don't want to let your emotion cloud your judgment. Very truly understand that these can be scary times for people financially. Uh, You need to focus on the logic and you need to focus on your long-term planning. As you mentioned, David, if you don't have a plan, now's the perfect time to look at building one out. There's always going to be uncertainty when it comes to investing, especially in the short term. We expect more variability among returns and stocks at this point. But as I mentioned, it's a much more attractive entry point too than when we entered it in 2022. On top of that, I'd say, Continue to believe that timing the market is not a viable strategy and you want to continue to abide by predetermined strategic asset allocation and rebalancing approaches. So don't panic and don't make reactionary changes. That means that you don't want to try to wait to find the exact bottom of the market, but instead, any kind of new cash should be a dollar cost average or phase into the market into long-term holding.
1: We have covered a lot there, listeners, and we do appreciate your trust and your time. certainly hope this was valuable as we try to bring you the very best content we can offer if this has struck a chord for you and you'd like to reach out to anyone on the team whether you're a client or if you're somebody maybe looking for a second opinion you can reach out directly to us at hello h-e-l-l-o at synergycapitalsolutions.com and one of our team members will set up a meeting with you or if you just want more information and uh, get to know the team better you can reach us directly at our website synergycapitalsolutions.com. And with that, we are wrapping up our final episode of 2022. We wish everyone a great holiday season, a happy new year. We hope that you subscribe and share and come visit us again in 2023.
0: Thank you for listening to Your Financial Planet, the Synergize Your Capital podcast. Click the subscribe button below to be notified when new episodes become available. Synergy Capital Solutions is a financial planning and investment management firm registered with Hightower Securities, LLC, member FINRA and SIPIC. and with Hightower Advisors, LLC, a registered investment advisor with the SEC. Securities are offered through Hightower Securities, LLC. Advisory services are offered through Hightower Advisors, LLC. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities. No investment process is free of risk, and there is no guarantee that the investment process or the investment opportunities referenced herein will be profitable. Past performance is not indicative of current or future performance and is not a guarantee. The investment opportunities referenced herein may not be suitable for all investors. All data and information referenced herein are from sources believed to be reliable. Any opinions, news, research, analysis, prices, or other information contained in this research is provided as general market commentary. It does not constitute investment advice. Synergy Capital Solutions and Hightower shall not in any way be liable for claims, and make no expressed or implied representations or warranties as to the accuracy or completeness of the data or other information, or for statements or errors contained in or omissions from the obtained data and information referenced herein. The data and information are provided as of the date referenced. Such data and information are subject to change without notice. This podcast was created for informational purposes only. The opinions expressed are solely those of Synergy Capital Solutions and do not represent those of Hightower Advisors, LLC, or any of its affiliates.